Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Live Lunch Season 2. Season 2. And they thought got... they'd never get us back. Got a yeah. different set. We've been signed for season two. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to the powers that might be that have agreed for us to carry on this incredible live lunch. That's for right. all of you five viewers, you are welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you for, for campaigning. Thank you for, for, for uh, sending all your emails into the BBC. Yeah. Excellent. <coughs> we have a new background. Yeah. It's art. It took me a while. It took me about three years to get that done. I did it upside down, like Michelangelo. Yeah, I didn't actually do it at all. Nothing to do with me. It's so cool that I have no idea what it. I mean, it was done by uh, Megan's husband, Joel yeah. Nicholas. A different Joel. Joel two. Joel two point Joel two point oh. Yeah. So. An advance on Joel one point oh. Joel. <laughs> An upgrade. Second, second. I am a big fan. <laughs> of which one? Well, uh, both Joels. Both Joels. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 So, <coughs> new background, season two of episode, uh, season two of Live Lunch, episode one, welcome, we, thank you for joining us, thank you for spending your life, your life, thank you for spending your lunch break with us. Um, feel free to drop in any questions you might have, and the wonderful Megan will bring them to the table. Yeah. Food nice. and coffee should appear, appear magically Good. any minute. Amen. We are still in our Sermon on the Mount, just before we start the preach, have you done anything exciting whilst we've been on our season break because you've probably had a massive holiday well, we had Easter. since we're not doing we didn't have a, 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 um, I didn't have a massive long holiday but I had a few days off over Easter which which was uh, so you good. do more than just live lunch so I just I do uh, yeah right. I, know, I know it's hard to believe that I could do more than that but I uh, yeah I had, had a good Easter I had lots of highlights lots of good time with family and church and uh, traveling a little, spent some time with friends in other, one or two other countries doing some work. But I, I was particularly pleased to be here over Easter and to, to, to stop and get refreshed. I went fishing with my son, Calvin, and we caught some big fish, which was fun. It's just well fun. It's good. I can show you some pictures because I'm showing everyone the pictures and it's boring. And you can look on my Instagram to see. But, but I just loved stuff like that. And you've been in Berlin last weekend. How did that go? Um, Last weekend, I was with the, the church in Berlin that we planted. That, that it was a very um, uh, a short trip again, but it was a good time. It was at their summer camp, um, the Mosaic Church summer camp. And uh, it was just good to be with them. Yeah, good fellowship. Good to, to hear how the church is going, to be with the leaders as well. It was excellent. Great. Mm. Uh, are we having trouble with our Instagram? Um, it might just be my phone. Is, is Instagram live? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, we're all good. Apologies, Instagram people. Yeah. Um, Back to the Sermon on the Mount series. Yeah. This Sunday, we looked at the wonderful topic of judging. Megan, do you want to read the verses for us? We looked at uh, Matthew chapter 7. Um, yes, so Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 5. Can you hear me? Yeah. Cool. Um, it says, Judge not that you not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will clearly, you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Hmm. Brilliant. Do you want to do a 30 second summary on... Yeah, we talked about <laughs> judgmentalism and um, actually tried to grip, get to grips with the, 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 this very familiar and famous chunk of, of teaching from Jesus by looking at, at the, the way that we as human beings are um, meant to be like God. 
Um, we were actually created to bear his image. We're meant to be representatives of him and thereby representative judges. That's actually part of our calling. And yet it's, it's gone uh, so radically wrong that our judging is, is tinted with this, 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 this thing called judgmentalism, which, what, what we call judgmentalism, which is, I guess, a, a mixture of pride and self-righteousness that, that Jesus is rebuking right here. And uh, I talked about how that's a way that we try to be like God in a way that we're not meant to. Uh, we're already made in his image, but we try to usurp, we try to sort of replace him. And, uh, and it leads to judgmentalism. We talked about how, how Jesus is able to free us from the grip of it. And that was the, um, okay. So I guess my starting question is, what would be the differences between <clears throat> judging? Oh, maybe before that, um, are Christians meant to judge? Are we supposed to judge? Or is judging a no-no? Yeah, I, I don't think that um, I don't think this passage of, of the Bible has been as well considered as it might. We it's, it's until you came along. And until I came along, I, you know, pulled the wool from our eyes. Yeah, I'm the one that's uh, brought judged light. our failure to adequately yes, interpret right. these verses. Yes, yes. Thank you. You search the scriptures diligently, seeking life but you won't come to me no uh before i get struck by lightning for blasphemy um really um it's 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 one of the most uh often quoted verses in the bible mm-hmm. i think you know someone said you know john three sixteen used to be the most famous verse in the bible yeah i i wonder if it has been replaced now by by matthew 7 1 mm-hmm. Um, because everybody uh, seems to be quite keen to say, you're not supposed to judge me, don't judge me. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's seen as a bad thing to judge people in, in any way at all. And we can um, take this verse and, like with so much of the Sermon on the Mount, fail to see the, the, the real issue that's being targeted that the heart beneath it, understand the point of what's being said and and apply it in a kind of mindlessly um, dull, literalistic way without seeing, no, 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 there's, there's, a, there's a profound kind of depth of meaning. Like when Jesus says, you know, if, if your eye causes you to sin, cut it out. Um, he's clearly he's clearly using language to kind of grab and grip our attention and cause us to think. It doesn't mean for us to take it literally and do what it says literally. Hello, Hello. coffee man. That's me. This is excellent. Uh, lunch. <coughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Um, Hooray. Oh, yeah. Oh, great call. Thank um, you. Thank you, mate. So, so I've got the normal one. Thank normal. you very much. Why would you call it normal? It's got milk in it. <laughs> Mine has milk too. It's just milk that was... Not made from milk. Crushed oats. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Thank, you, Thank, Thank you. you so much. Good man. We have uh, one of my favourite lunch things. You didn't ask me not to get you messy lunch. Yeah, I, I can't cope with mess. I'm just, I don't have adequate... The need for wings. Wow, okay. The need for wings. I think I think what you're saying is you, you knew that I can't eat wings without making a mess, so yeah. you thought... More for me. Just just get wings and then... You drink your normal coffee. Excellent. That's why I have my <laughs> coffee without oats in it. Oats. <laughs> in, yeah, anyway, let's move on. So... Um, I can't remember what I was saying. I was saying that, that we, we it is, are... It's fascinating, isn't it? Like, even a conversation about what kind of milk you use, I can be so judgmental. 
How dare you call that normal and have utter disdain for my right. ultimate flat yeah. white? Yeah, and we could even fall out and yeah. stop being friends, yeah. couldn't we? Mm. Yeah, I already feel that kind of, you know, that, that creeping in. Anyway, let's recover the situation. Yes. Um, I actually can't remember. I literally can't remember what we were saying. So, so yes, no, I can. Now, can Christian judge? I used the word literally just there to remind yeah. myself. Jesus, when he preaches the Son on the Mount and says, don't judge, he, he cannot be being literal in the sense that of course we need to judge. We yeah. can't do life without judging. You yeah. cannot go through life without making decisions and classifying and categorizing and saying yes to some things and no to other things and good to some things and bad to other things and true to some things and false to other things. You simply can't live that way. It's physically impossible. There's a film that was made about five, ten years ago called Yes Man, which uh, Jim Carrey was in, where he, 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 he says yes to everything. You know, He decides to... Um, and it's... Um, it's a good example. It's just kind of playing on the idea. Can you do life that way? Well, no, you can't. You can't. So it's not that judging is wrong. In fact, judging, that the moral judging that we do as conscious or as subconsciously as breathing, we can't not do it. We're always saying, oh, that's good, that's bad, that's good, that's bad. I, I would suggest strongly that that points to something that only the Bible begins to explain. Because if, if there's no God, if there's no, if there's no uh, ultimate judge, then... Where does this moral judging come from? Animals don't do it. There's something about humanity that makes it particularly uniquely likely to judge. And that suggests, I think, that this whole reality, the moral reality, is something from outside of us that's imposed on us. Um, I, I know that there could be a lot of discussion about, you know, isn't it just something that we've developed and evolved? It's a whole other conversation we've got time for. But in the end, I think it comes back to no, no, this, this must be imposed on us from the outside. So judging itself is part of being made in God's image. The problem is we, we, we want to judge on our own behalf. We want to become the ultimate judges, and that's where I think judgmentalism comes mm. in. We don't want to do it to represent God and his values and his purpose. We want it to represent ourselves mm. as the final judges. It's fascinating because if you're a legal judge, it's not your personal thoughts and opinions Um that allow you to make assessments. It's you're judging based on what the law says. Yeah, yeah. In some ways, your 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 arms are tied. You've, yeah. Yes, yeah. there's an interpretation of the law, and mm. there's different measures of sentences that you could give out. But mm. it is very much the law says do not murder. So if somebody's murdered, the judge or somebody's found guilty of murdering somebody, mm. the judge has to pass sentence based on on what the law says. So they are representing something far greater and mm. far bigger, and that's what we are called to do. We are called to not just bring in our thoughts and uh, and intuitions, um, totally. but judging on behalf of what we believe is God's moral order. And, yeah, and God wanted and there to is. be judges. So the judge in the law court is isn't just a textbook, hmm. but is a person with with decision making power and and ideally someone who's got virtue and ability and and credibility that that makes them trustworthy to to to, to make huge decisions. And that's that's the dignity of being human that we've been given this amazing responsibility to, to judge and to be responsible. But it's something that we've corrupted. We've, we've not mm. done it. Before. I guess there's also such a strong emphasis on on leadership in, in this whole process. And, and we often think of, oh, this leader said this and this leader said that and, mm. and what have you. But you are very much in the in your process of leading, mm. representing God into that situation. Mm. And so you'll be held to high account and very high standard. Certainly. So... You being our noble, fearless leader are actually 
going to stand before God and give account for all the decisions. I think that, that that's what that Jesus made. is pointing out when he says in, in the beginning of the passage, you know, with the measure that it is measured, what, what the actual verse here, verse um, 2, for with the judgment that you pronounce, you will be judged, and the measure you use will be measured to you. Um, you, you're, you know, that's that's a it's similar to what James says. You know, if you if you if you te- if you presume to teach, mm. then you're going to get more fiercely judged in the end. So it's, it's sobering, mm. obviously. Scary. Yeah. Um, there seems to be the cultural assumption and rhetoric that we've moved away from being judgmental mm. and that our, our society doesn't judge. Yeah. You know, we're tolerant and we're accepting. Do you think that is true? Or are we a lot more judgmental now today than we used to be? Well, I, I guess I guess we kind of um, come across um, examples of judgmentalism in, in in every pocket of society. In reality, we would probably imagine that we're less judgmental because we're as as a society, as a wide society, less tied up with religion and religion. Is seen as the, the cause of all judgmentalism, or you know, the, the, the source of judgmentalism. Um, and in a sense, I think there's truth in that. Religion is definitely tied up with judgmentalism. Jesus was speaking to the religious people when he says, "Don't be like this. Don't be judgmental like the Pharisees." That the religious leaders of his time were being. Uh, he's the one. He, they're the ones he's mentioned. He's talking of in this in this sense. I think that the ultimately, I guess, it comes back to what what do we mean by religion? Because in the end, it's 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 inherently human to to form a set of beliefs and, and assumptions that we we take to be um, kind of the final um, set of values, the framework through which we should judge everything and everybody, and we're going to do that whether we believe in the Bible and Christianity or whether we believe in none of it, we will still find a set of judgment or, you know, a set of values by which we will judge things. And we will end up doing that in a way that's judgmental, mm-hmm. uh, most likely. So you, you can live in a totally secular society, which is bright. Brighton is mainly secular in reality. It, you know, whatever it says about being spiritual, it's not, it's not interested in, in the God of the Bible at the moment, not, not at large. But, I'd say we're still just as much of a judgmental society because we 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 judge people according to the values that prevail at the moment. So so you go on social media and it's just it's if you just look on Twitter it's 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 just if you just kind of generally scroll through you you know just just go on a just go on a YouTube page look at the comments on a YouTube page anything any kind of comments online and you get right there a showcase of how judgmentalism works because it's. It's sometimes just pages and pages of scroll down opinion, sometimes mm. fierce opinion, but it can be without any understanding of the no 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 patience, no fairness, no charity. It's it's a sort of a often a sort of I'm I want to vaunt my superiority. I want to be God in this situation. I want to show that I'm greater than you by judging you and dismissing you, because I dismiss you. I am greater than you. I think that's judgmentalism in a nutshell, really. I think the, the imagery that comes to mind is in one of in the HBO show The Wire. I think it was season one. One of the main protagonists. There's this this tap 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 scene where he is outside and it's it's the night. And he's looking into a room that's well lit, mm. uh, and he's trying to get the the attention of the person in the room. 
because he wants to kill the person. Um, anyway. And so he takes his gun, the nozzle of his gun goes tap, tap, tap uh, against the window pane. And she can hear the sound, but she can't see anything. Hmm. Uh, so she literally comes up to the to the window and puts her face against the window. And you kind of cup your eyes, try and look outside, and bang, he shoots her. Oh. Um, I guess my point with this is that when you're in when you're in in a lit room, it's almost impossible to see into a dark room. But when you're in a dark room, it's very easy to see into a well lit room. Mm. Um, hmm. And I guess social media shines its light on aspects of our life that, or our opinions, or virtue signaling, or whatever we, we like to to communicate. But very much leaving the darkness and the other bits outside. And so when you're commenting on stuff, you're commenting from a place of, well, you can't really see what's going on on the outside and making an assessment of the situation. Just because certain things are are well lit doesn't add up because you you, you can't see what's going on outside. And maybe you might try to look outside and get shot in the head. But but, but still making those judgments so confidently and so passionately and so uh, dogmatically. And Mm. it's... it's, uh, Irony is that you know Christianity and those who follow the Bible would be perhaps um, we, we, people. Perhaps we're nervous about becoming Christians because I don't want to be a dogmatic person. Yeah. But there are many ways in which one can become a dogmatic person, and yeah. actually, that becoming that the issue isn't in the end whether you become committed to a certain truth. That in itself isn't what makes you dogmatic. What what makes you dogmatic in the bad in, in negative sense, you know, judgmental and harsh is 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 if the truth doesn't humble you. Mm. And the whole point about the Christian message, the whole point about Jesus mm. is that he is the truth who humbles us. Mm. When he comes into your life, the first thing he does really is he starts to deconstruct those parts of us that, that make us so much more uh proud and self righteous. Mm. You can't really become a Christian self-righteously yeah and ultimately there's no such thing as a self-righteous christian it's a it's like saying a a a, you know a dry a dry lake or dry sea or it doesn't make sense or Um, a dry oatmeal flat white maybe i I could think of that metaphor more you know i could think of a better simile than that but uh yeah so i yeah i think i think judgmentalism is is is, we'll we'll maybe come back to that you know the power of of jesus to, to deliver us from it how do you graciously and speak the truth in love um when you've preached on on difficult issues or controversial issues today like maybe gender and sexuality and um and just issues which you know could be sensitive i i admire the way you preach with with a huge degree of graciousness and you're you're not coming like an angry school teacher or an angry judge like lay down the law and say if you don't do this you're wrong and eternal damnation awaits you but it's almost like it's almost as if you you see beyond that some of these issues that people could could hold to uh, can also result in a lot of pain like we don't know what's going on behind the surface somebody might quite vehemently um, argue in favor of certain rights which you might think are we sure are we sure about that but it maybe comes from a place of pain and maybe it comes from a, a, a genuine if i say no to these things that you're that I might have to say no to. It's going to. It could destroy my life. Or, mm. I mean, I don't know. It, it could destroy my life, and it could lead to a lot of pain. So I do really. I, I like how you how you preach uh, strong truth, but do it with a degree of love. And I, and I just wonder: is what helps you? And are there any things that you say to people like, hey, you know, if you're 
in the work situation and you're confronted with uh, an opinion that might be different to your opinion, how can you be sensitive to the question and to the heart behind the question? When, I, when I'm preparing sermons, I always have um, Lionel Richie playing in the background. <laughs> That's the main way that I do that. So I hope that helps. Which album? Um, I can't remember. Can't Slow Down, about 1985, I think. Just, just Lionel Richie, that's okay. the answer. So if we see Lionel just, Richie soon... I think you just want 80s Motown. Five new albums. to mellow you, <laughs> and it will soften any kind of harshness. That's the answer. Yeah. Right. Do you like, the question? Do you like the more serious I would love a more serious question. <clears throat> so that, I, Is that actually true? No. <laughs> oh, man. Did I terrify you? Megan was like, no, this can't be happening. <laughs> there actually are one or two Lionel Richie songs from the 80s that, that I play to my kids because they're, they're, that, they're that good, they're that lasting, okay. but, but not many. And, and I wouldn't want anyone to associate me ever with, with that particular artist. Too late, well, it's too late. I've just, well, what, what have I done? It's not recording. Yeah, no, I know some the people internet who really are fans. Of, that you, uh, yeah. yeah, not me. Okay, so, um, I, I mean, I think, I think in the end it really is down to understanding the, what the, the passage because what this passage does is it, it is it it actually it puts, shines a light where you don't want it to. It, it says, "Hypocrite, look at yourself." And I think that's that's it. The Christian, the Christian is someone who's adequately seen something of themselves to realize I need a savior. That's as simple as that. You know, if I if I if I know that about myself, then I'm. I'm at least at least less likely to to exalt uh, myself in in the in the preaching or in the you know I, I might have to say some strong things I might have to say some corrective I might have to say some things that people would even dismiss as hate speech or something I, I hope uh, you know I hope that never happens but that's the, that sadly is the the way it can go but but when you talk about Lionel Richie. Exactly. Yeah, vicious hate speech. But but um, but no. I think it's um, um, it's it's obvious that 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 (laughs) the person that's met Jesus just cannot cannot do that because you're just far more aware than you used to be. I need a savior. I so need a savior. So I can I can I can still correct people, but I do it from a place of man. Mm. I'm much more aware of my fault and failure and sin than. And I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to defeat you. So you know, even from every, you know, online, it's it's interesting. The language of debate these days is 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 quite a giveaway. When you get different um, people from the sometimes from the, the what was seen as the kind of the far the, the extreme end of, of politics, either way, or people that are just big popular kind of voices out there when it comes to political opinion and stuff, like live lunch. <laughs> but it's often so and so you know get youtube clips so and so destroys so and so it's just fascinating mm. that's that's what debate is for it's for it's for destruction it's mm. it's kind of this darwinian survival i must defeat you mm. um and you know jordan peterson destroys and i'm sure that people like jordan peterson aren't, aren't <laughs> they're not saying they're not writing the titles to the youtube videos themselves but Speaking in third person. <laughs> yeah, I suspect not. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right, like Julius Caesar. He destroyed them. Um, but I don't think um, a Christian can do that because you don't, you don't, you, Jesus didn't come to destroy but to, <laughs> to give himself. And, and, and it's for our gracious, it's for our, it's for our salvation that he did. And, and uh, yeah, 
So the gospel un, un, just takes away, kicks the chair away from under mm. our... And it also takes away the need to be the righteous one. Mm. This is more positive. Because uh, the reason I'm self-righteous is because I'm so insecure. If I, if I want to defeat you and be the... If I want to judge you and be the one that comes out of the argument looking righteous and you look shamed because I was I proved that I was right. If I'm if I'm going for that as the result, well the result I want is to look righteous and be seen and you to bow down to my righteousness. What that shows is that I crave and long for righteousness that is actually I'm constructing it, it force it doesn't work. But what Jesus does is he gives us righteousness as a gift which has nothing to do with what we achieve. And, and the Christian is someone who's been receiving, received righteousness passively, just receives it, it's given by Christ. And so I, I go into an exchange with someone and the worst that can happen is that at the end of the day, I'm just as righteous as I, I was before I started the debate. I'm just as righteous. I'm just as forgiven and loved and, and, and just have just as much merit because it's not my merit. It's Jesus' merit. It's Even Jesus. if Jordan Peterson destroys you or new you, <laughs> yeah. you're still righteous. Yeah, exa- yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the worst, if, if the whole university campus turns its ire on, on somebody and shows hatred for them, I mean, it'd be the most horrible thing to happen. And when, when you do get reviled, and it's horrible when people are cruel or, or judgmental towards you or, or condemn you right it's horrible but ultimately for the believer you can stand even nevertheless you can stand secure in a righteousness that's given that's more lasting than having destroyed someone mm. so i think that's got to, we've got to learn to yeah just the gospel's freedom it's freedom from that stuff it's just oh thank you jesus i'm declared righteous and i'm the need to win is ultimately I'm delivered from that. Mm. Yeah. I was going to end with asking you um, what, <clears throat> so I, I'm listening to that and I'm like, man, I need to sort my life out. And, and I think there's, I need hop change and I need, um, yeah, um, to be almost to be set free of, of, of a judgmental attitude. Is the remedy to that soaking in the gospel? And, I guess ultimately it must be, mustn't it? It's just like being able to settle it. Hmm. What would you reckon, Meg? It's the same sort of thing. I, I, we, we've done all the talking, basically, so I want to have a chip as well. So. <laughs> it's a good opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, sorry, when you come to it daily, it's a laying down of stuff, isn't it? And um, and that's that's the humbling procedure, I guess. Yes. Um, and then let that be the, the thing that sets up your day. Yeah. And that will set up the conversations that you have with people and um, the the judgmentalism and um, yeah, yes, that's it. Yeah, mm. I think the daily thing is is mm. if we see if if we see our um, disciplines of of, of uh, getting time with God mm. as as a mountain to climb, as I've, I've got to have a, a daily quiet time, I've got to. Um, I've got to do this in order to be a good Christian. Then, then when we do get into that rhythm, it will actually—I guess—it will become another cause of self-righteousness when we sort of think, oh, "I managed it," you know. I'm quite a righteous. I'm, I pray every day of it. But I, I think to go from from what Jesus is saying here, it's it's rather that we 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 need to be with God daily for the sake of coming into life with the right perspective. 
So it sets us free from the, think, the sense of I've got to climb a mountain of righteousness to I'm, I'm actually still um, lost in wonder at, at the grace of God. So if, I, if I'm, you put it really crudely, if I'm, um, if I'm really rude and nasty to one of my kids and, and, and just tear into them because of something that's just annoyed me, it's not even that they've done anything evil. It's just mm. it's just inconvenienced me. If I do that at nine in the morning, it suggests that probably that morning I I, <laughs> I haven't I haven't rem- I haven't had much time being amazed at the grace of God. Mm. Probably, mm-hmm. it's hard to go from a place of being amazed at the grace of God to being amazed at how inconvenient somebody is. Mm. You can because it happens. <laughs> it happens. Yes, it does happen, which is terrible. It's terrible, but but it's, yeah, it's like it's probably a little less likely. And just learning to stay at that place. Mm. People that I've known that have got freed from judgmentalism, and I've watched their patience and tenderness, mellowness. Mm. I get the sense watching their life that it's probably linked with a. They they're quite aware mm. of the grace of God to them. Mm. They just they're a bit more overwhelmed with that so than good. I am. So good. Yeah. One final thought before we leave. Before judging somebody, walk a mile in his shoes. Yes. Because if you do, you'll be a mile away from him and have his shoes. So, <laughs> top takeaway That's from it. this episode. Thank you Absolutely. so much for joining Wisdom. us for our first episode of season two of Live Lunch. See you next week. See you soon. See you.